0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host Urban Lee. Each week you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening.
1: This is Urban Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. Well, we want to follow up with another question from one of our listeners and we want to encourage you guys to keep sending in the questions at frombeer The question is What was the most shocking thing about alcoholism? Again, what was the most shocking thing about alcoholism? I think the most shocking thing was just that it encompassed not only my body, the physical, but also the spiritual, and then also my soul. I want to talk about the physical ramifications of alcoholism. Reason being my wife and I was sitting down having dinner and she said to me, do you remember when you used to go to the hospital about once or twice a week when you were in your active uh, alcoholism? And honestly, I hadn't really thought about it in a long time, but as I was spiraling deep into alcoholism, I would be at the house and I would drink. And I was pretty much drinking most of the day. And what happened, I started to develop these symptoms. Uh, one of the symptoms was tremors where your hands shake. and Really, the only way to get them to stop shaking is to, to drink more. But also, I developed the hiccups. And I would also throw up a lot. So I had three things that were were manifesting through my body that was saying to me that I needed to stop drinking. But I also remember when I was in rehab, one of the counselors said to me that alcoholism is a step above insanity. So my insanity was, despite throwing up multiple times a day, because I at a point I just couldn't keep the alcohol down anymore, it was tearing up the lining of my stomach and my esophagus and also developing tremors that really only stopped when I had a certain number of drinks and then just the physical craving and the what I will call also the spiritual obsession with, with drinking. So as my wife, she worked from home at the time, so what I would be doing is while she was in her office working, I'd wake up. I start drinking beer. Then I would ease into the vodka or whatever I was drinking at that time. And any alcoholic uh, will tell you that over time, you have to, if it was five drinks that got you drunk or got you buzz, eventually that's going to become seven drinks. That's going to become te- uh, 10 drinks. That's going to be a fifth. Next thing you know, you're polishing all half gallons. And that that was really my my cycle, and a, as I was spiraling out of control, these physical symptoms really, really started to take a toll on my body. So I remember the first time I started throwing up, I'm I'm shaking, and I I have the hiccups, and I can't stop, and it is is really bad. So we call nine one one. I go to the hospital, and. I am in really, really bad shape. And I want to read a scripture and then I'm going to continue with the story. And it's one of my favorite scriptures. And I encourage you, anytime you're in a trial, tribulation, or you just have doubt about the decision that needs to be made in your life, no matter what it is, remember Joshua 1 9. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The last part is what I want to focus on today. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I would go when we call 911, the fire department, All the whole drill was coming, right? This is happening at my house about, probably once or twice a week. So we get to Baylor uh, Hospital, uh, Baylor Southwestern. And I remember going in and roll me in and I get to my room and this is probably, I would say my fourth or fifth time. So they, they know me and they know what I'm suffering from. And I remember the doctor saying to me, (laughs) those words that I always say, don't say to someone, you need to stop drinking. And basically he said, you know, your, your kidneys, your stomach, your heart. I think I had just about everything a man could have wrong with you just from the effects of drinking, even in a short time. So, and I'm, I'm kind of dazed. They sedate you a little bit to, to kind of get you to calm down. And man, my anxiety is running high. And I remember this gentleman walks in and very calm demeanor. And he starts talking to me. and He said, do you know the Lord? And I said, yes, I do know the Lord. And he was telling me that the Lord loved me and the Lord could redeem and save me. And did I know, um, did I believe I was an alcoholic? And I said to him, yes, I, I absolutely believe I'm an alcoholic. And he said to me, if you know that, do you trust God? And I said, yes, I trust God. And he said, well, do you want to take steps to get better in Christ? And my answer to him was yes. But my question to him was, I just don't know what that looks like. And I don't know that I am strong enough in and of myself to defeat this demon called uh, alcoholism. And Although I didn't know this gentleman, I, I just started to pour out my soul. And, and one of the things, not one of the things, all of the things that I said to him was, I'm I'm in fear of losing everything, including my wife, my family, uh, the business I steward, just everything. Because the, the, the devil was just using fear and anxiety to, to control me. And at that time, the only way I could find comfort was, was alcohol. Just drink till the pain went away. So I said all this to him and he said, you don't have to do it in and of yourself. I'll never forget that. He said, you don't have to do it in and of yourself. So I'm sitting there and I'm, th- I'm actually lying there and I'm like, what, what do you mean? And he said, have you forgot about the comforter? And I said, the comforter, he said, the Holy Spirit. And again, remember, I'm not praying. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm, I'm distant from the Lord as far as uh, actively pursuing him. And I had not thought about the Holy Spirit in a long time. And he said, remember, the Holy Spirit comes alongside you to guide you, to comfort you, to counsel you and bring to remembrance all the things about Jesus Christ. And I give him a lot of credit because that day I know a lot of you think I'm going to say, well, yes, I get, I recommitted my life to, to Jesus at that point. Well, I didn't. But what I love about him was he planted the seed. He didn't harvest it there, but he planted the seed and he got me thinking about Christ because as you go through active alcoholism, you have a lot of doubts. And I know for me personally, I know that I was raised to love the Lord, believe in the Lord. But when you're overcome with so much darkness, the enemy is constantly trying to get you to doubt. Is God good? He he kept saying that to me. Well, if God's so good, why are you an alcoholic? Well, the truth is, it was an act of my will, as much of anything. I was choosing to be an alcoholic. I kept doing the same thing, expecting a, a different result. I kept looking for comfort outside of the Word of God. Most importantly, outside of the Spirit of God. And fast forward, uh, I'm back in Baylor. I'm I'm sober. And I'm in the hospital at this point. I had been taking care of my my brother. I think you guys remember he had stage four bladder cancer. So we're in the hospital. We're at Baylor. And I'm walking through the hall. Lo and behold, there's that guy that told me about Christ when I was in my active uh, alcoholism. Well, it turns out he was a chaplain at Baylor. And they had said to him, we have this gentleman who is a really bad alcoholic and why don't you go see him and why don't you share Christ with him again? And I didn't, I, he, when you meet somebody and you haven't seen him in a long time, I really, I just had this feeling like I know him, I know him. But I, to be honest with you, I didn't know where I knew him from. So he comes up to me. He said, you probably don't remember me, do you? Because you were pretty bad. He said, "But I'm the chaplain, and I'm the one." And I said, I interrupted him. I said, "Yeah, you you share Christ with me, and you told me that I didn't have to get sober and be sober in my own strength. That the Holy Spirit is what would keep me sober, not my power and not my might. It was my utter dependence on the Holy Spirit." And he was amazed that I remembered, and I told him that. Hey, I had reconnected with Christ, I had connected with a local church, and he was so happy because he wanted to see the seed that he had planted in me, that someone had come along and harvested that seed. So I want to encourage you, always share Christ, and do not be discouraged if you do not see the harvest then and there. There are opportunities for us to always share Christ, although we may not see the harvest, and we may not even hear about it, but just planting the seed of Christ can make a tremendous difference in one's life. And Although I was suffering and I was sick, I think of Joshua 1, nine. even in that hospital, even when I was about as bad as an alcoholic could be, The Lord was with me. He was with me in the hospital and he saw fit to have the chaplain come and share Christ. And most importantly, take the pressure off me to get sober by realizing that it was he who dwells in me, the Holy Spirit, that would comfort and lead and guide me uh, ultimately into recovery and sobriety in Christ. We will be right back after this.
0: We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on the Word 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. Let's finish up by... I want you guys to always remember this, no matter where you go. I used to wonder, is this the right decision? Is this the wrong decision? And a lot of times the enemy would paralyze me with fear. Just remember the last part of Joshua 1 9. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about the difficulty of. Recovery, and what I mean by recovery is once you're out of rehab and you get back into your family and you get back into what I will call the rhythm of life. Um, this was shocking and surprising is for the alcoholic, one of the toughest things that I have found was learning to live again, learning to live again. Meaning, uh, when I was in my active alcoholism, when I didn't want to do something, the way I got fired up to do it was, I say, okay, well, I got to go to do something or be around people I really don't like. I'll just have a couple of drinks before I go. Uh, and a lot of times, it is your way of coping with stress uh, it is your way of coping with trials and tribulations, and now I understand why God is so against idolatry, because drinking ultimately became my comforter, it became my guidance, it became my God, I invited it in as a substance to to drink and have fun with, and then I took it too far. I allowed alcohol and alcoholism to to stay too long. And when I look back over my life, and I'm, I'm sad to say this, most of the really bad decisions that I made, I made when I was drinking. And those who are in active addiction, alcohol or drug, I want you to hear this. Most of the really bad decisions that I made, I made under the influence of alcohol. And the other thing that was shocking to me was alcoholism led me into other addictions. And I mean addictions that impact you in life, right? Meaning um. The way I viewed success um, was a money focus. The way when I was drinking, you know, pre-my-wife was the womanizing. And what alcohol exposed to me was it wasn't the only addiction I had. So once you're sober, you realize like, whoa, I'm not just addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to a lifestyle. I had a lifestyle of really bad habits and making really bad decisions. And one of the ways that I rationalized my behavior in my addiction was, well, it only affects me and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. Oh, I love the feeling that I get when I'm doing this stuff. Well, what the enemy does is he gets us focused on the sin and he hides the consequences. And they they taught me this technique. And I would always employ this technique when I was early on in my recovery, meaning, and it goes like this, play the tape through, play the tape through. So if I make this decision, I would play it all the way through, including what was the consequences. What would be the consequence? So if I was ever tempted to drink, which happens a lot when you're in your early stages of recovery, I would play the tape through. If I take this drink, That means I'm going to have more drinks. That means I'm going to be an alcoholic again. That means I'm going to lose my wife. I'm going to lose my So I would actively go through all the consequences. And once I got to about 10, 11 consequences, I'd say, this is a bad decision. I need not do this. And early on, the techniques they taught me to get back to living, I really had to use those and it showed me just the insanity of my alcoholism and what i i want family members and wives and husbands of a person who's in active alcoholism understand that mentally the decisions that they are making is being stewarded by their god which is which is alcohol because most of the decisions you you're making you're making under the influence, and I know very few people who can make great decisions uh when they're drunk uh actually, I don't know any um so that was a technique that i I used and then the other part was learning to to love again love my wife because one of the things that happens to you in your active alcoholism and addiction is you are extremely self-centered. You have two focuses. When can I drink again? And when will I get relief? Because it's it's all about the comfort and the relief that alcohol gives you in the way that it makes you feel. So I had to, to learn to love my wife again and make my wife a priority. And I had to learn to be selfless because I had been so self-centered around alcohol and trying to feel good and then i had to learn to not live by how i feel but to live by my faith and learn to trust god again and learn to trust myself again so the rhythm of my recovery was one of the the biggest challenges in establishing that um but once i decided and made a decision in my soul, my mind, will, and emotions that I would not be ruled by alcohol, and alcohol would no longer be my God. Jesus Christ would be my Lord and Savior. Then the focus became learning to live again, learning to love again, and this is going to sound strange, but learning to be loved again. Learning to be loved again, learning to receive love, learning to receive compliments, and learning to. This is a a part that I see so many in recovery struggle with it's the sin and shame, the sin and shame because they feel like they're going to be judged. If they are transparent and if they tell the truth about what they've been through. But I made a decision early on in my sobriety that there's this word that I have learned that people associate with me, and it's my transparency. Because the way me keeping it to myself was keeping it in the dark, and the enemy was gonna use it against me. So when crisis comes my way, When trials and tribulations come my way, no matter what it is, instead of letting it use me, I use it. I use every ounce of crisis, trials, alcohol, whatever I've been through. I'm going to go tell somebody so you don't have to go through it. So you learn the key learnings and the lessons that the Lord has taught me. So when you go through these things, these challenges, these trials, the tribulations that the Bible says that we will have, but take heart because he's overcome the world, use them up. I use every bit of my alcoholism for the glory of the living God. I don't let one nugget, one gift that the God gave me through alcoholism he took what the devil meant to destroy me and he's using it for good. But more importantly, Jesus is using it for the glory of the living God. So please, if you take nothing else, use your crisis in your trial and tribulation, use it all up for the glory of the living God. And I, I try to not talk about my wife a lot, but I am excited to tell you all Um she will be coming on the show in December. And I want to make sure you all tune into it. I'm not going to edit her. It's going to be unfiltered. It's going to be her experience being married to a raving alcoholic and how she got through the Few good times, the bad times, and most importantly, how she managed to stay with me. And she saw what I didn't see in myself, which was the presence of the living God. And she knew that he would heal me. So she always kept the faith. And I want to leave you with this. The love, I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit frombeardtothebible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's frombeardtothebible.com.